As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Covert Actions and National Security Podcast, a podcast where we discuss a spectrum of activities concerning covert operations, intelligence, counterintelligence, unconventional warfare, assassinations, espionage, spycraft, technology, and more. Now, let's enter the operational world with Dr. Carlos. Do... Covert operations fail more often than not. Well, we'll take a look and see what one professor thinks. During the Cold War, the U.S. undertook an extraordinary number of attempts to overthrow foreign governments. The interventions most con- mostly conducted in secret or covert ops, and the majority failed to achieve their aims. One recent tally identified 64 covert operations and six overt ones in a 40-year span between 1947 and 1989. 42 to be exact. And how many of these were actually successful in installing a new regime? Well, they estimate less than 40%. Some of these failures are quite well known, of course, the Bay of Pigs intervention in Cuba. For example, not only failed to remove Fidel Castro from power, but also brought Cuba closer to the Soviet Union and helped precipitate the Cuban Missile Crisis. Even those operations that appeared successful at the time, well, they may have had long-term negative consequences. For instance, 19, for instance, in 1953, when the U.S. tried to oust Prime Minister Mohammad Mossadegh in Iran, but in doing so also fueled an anti-American sentiment and contributed eventually to the 1979 revolution that took out the Shah. So some ask, why would you continue to do a strategy that doesn't have a very good track record, less than 40%? Well, in a book by Michael Pazansky, a real research book called The Shadow of International Law, Secrecy and Regime Change in the Post-World, is that the explanation lies actually in international law. You see, in 1945, the principle of non-intervention, which holds that states should not violate the sovereignty of others, came to enjoy the status of international law through incorporation into the Charter of the UN and the subsequent adoption in the charters of the Organization of American States and other regional organizations. Once it did that, overt efforts to oust foreign rulers from power became costlier. States that abrogate their formal commitments undermine their credibility and open themselves up to accusations of hypocrisy. And now with the interdependence in the economies, this can be extremely problematic. Drawing upon the rich trove of archival information that now is available on U.S. regime change efforts in Latin America during the Cold War, this particular book argues that the U.S. used covert action to carry out regime change operations when legal exemptions that would permit them to intervene overtly were unavailable. 
The book compares some of the overt operations that we've talked about already. Some other ones are Dominican Republic and Granada, where U.S. officials use the presence of American nationals and backing from international organizations as legal justifications. Uh, through a careful analysis of the materials and interviews with retired senior government officials, the book documents that U.S. policymakers took seriously the potential for open violations of international law to damage American credibility, and they did, if you listen to some of our other podcasts. Took to deliberations within the Eisenhower and Kennedy administrations about efforts to topple Castro's government between 1960 and 61. Eisenhower was quoted saying, except for the existence of the OAS, the Organization of American States, and its abhorrence of intervention, we would have to be thinking already of building up our force at Guantanamo to remove Castro overtly. The same concerns crop up for Kennedy and his advisors. In a memo from Assistant Secretary of State Thomas Mann to his boss, Secretary of State Dean Rusk, Mann outlines the risk of an overt intervention, specifically emphasizing the risks of the U.S. reputation. Mann warned, at best, our moral posture throughout the hemisphere would be impaired. At worst, the effect on our position of hemispheric leadership would be catastrophic. In these cases and others that the book looks at, policymakers do not appear to particularly care whether they could plausibly deny their involvement in covert actions. The Kennedy administration went ahead with the Bay of Pigs invasion, even though news reporting brought plans to light in advance. Remember that? That was one of the biggest faux pas of that whole operation. The media got meddled into it. The chief architect, Richard Bissell, of the operation later explained, even if the operation was not plausibly deniable, up to and through the invasion itself, the operation remained to an extraordinary degree technically deniable. Hey, look, folks, they can say however they, they can say whatever they want to say it and however they want to say it, and uh, it's going to be hard to prove it otherwise because most people don't have access to that classified information. And if you release that classified information, then you could be facing legal consequences. So if the central benefit of covert operations is they allow states to preserve credibility and avoid hypocrisy, then the downside is that they rarely achieve their result in full. The author of the book spells out a number of reasons why this is likely to be the case, because the secrecy inherent in covert operations may protect interveners from some of the fallout for the botched operations. So in other words, they may be willing to undertake action in a riskier set of circumstances. The need to plan in secret also means that operations get left vetting in advance. Covert action requires states to delegate to local actors with their own agendas. So, what is it true? Is it not? Should they continue to do them or not? Overall, the book's central argument that U.S. policymakers took seriously the potential reputational costs of violating international prohibitions on intervention and deciding how to pursue regime change is well supported now by the evidence of Posansky. The desire to maintain an appearance of legitimate behavior did not prevent American leaders from attempting regime change operations during the Cold War. You had to also remember, folks, I don't think they expected it to get botched, and I don't think they expected them to get exposed. What it did appear to do was push them to act in secret, even when their preferences would have been not to. As the author concluded in his book, the liberal international order was constraining, but imperfectly so. His argument was implication has implications for our own current era to the extent that democratic backsliding, rising great power or conflict, or other contemporary challenges served to chip away at the rules-based system of the United States helped put in place mid-20th century ago. None of these views expressed are those of the authors or do not reflect the official position of the U.S. Military Academy or the Department of the Army or the Department of Defense or anybody else. Part of this came from Erica De Bruin, an associate professor. 
And uh, she wrote a book called How to Prevent Coup d'Etats, Counterbalancing and Regime Survival. So again, we know a lot of these covert operations were done to save the reputation of the U.S. Every country did it in one way or another. Well, many countries did it one way or another, covert operations. I know you're probably arguing who did it more than others. That's a different question. So should the U.S. continue to do covert operations? Well, they are. Is everybody else doing them? Yep. We just saw that two Russian spies were arrested over in Germany. Slovenia last week as well. Chinese spies. Everybody's involved in covert operations. Regime change? Not so much. Russia is interestingly, is interestingly taking a different tactic, aren't they? As they're trying to remove Zelensky and take over Ukraine. It's not even a regime change. It's a takeover of an entire country. And they're doing it overtly. And it doesn't seem at the moment anybody can stop them. We'll see what ends up happening there. That's it for now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.